about camp is everything. My favorite thing about camp is learning all these wonderful people and learning more about Jesus. My favorite part of camp was the crafts and get messy. I love all the skills that we are able to do and I love the cheer-offs because they're always fun. We highly recommend Connect Camp. I know my kids are already looking forward to next summer. So thanks so much, Connect Camp. Thank you so much for camp. This has been the most fun experience of my life. Good morning, church. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was just a preview of what is coming this summer. I'm so excited to share with you, and you've probably already heard and seen a little bit about it. Our kids were passing out cards this morning. Connect Ministries exists to help churches meet new families. So this summer in July, Connect Ministries is bringing a team down here of about 20 people, and they're all college students, and they are going to stay with us for the week to host a remarkable week-long day camp experience. This is for kids that have completed kindergarten through eighth grade, and it's July 1st through 5th. It's all day long, Monday through Thursday, 7.45 to 5 p.m., and on Friday, it's a half day, so they get done at 12. Now, this is typically when we think of um, kids' camps. It's a children's ministry event, but I want you to hear this from me. Connect Camps is a church-wide event, and so over the next month, here's how you can help us. This is new to Mobile. No other church has hosted Connect Camps before, so we need you guys to help us get the word out. You might say, I don't have any kids, or I don't, I don't know of any kids that I could invite, but I want you to pray and ask the Lord, who can you invite? So you, you could be your hairdresser. It could be your server at your favorite restaurant. It could be your mailman. Uh, it could be your grocery delivery person, or it could be even your grandkids. There is someone that you can invite to connect camps. This is a week-long, safe, fun, and faith-filled experience for kids. And parents in our community are looking for something that is safe and fun and where their kids can make new friends, and we are offering that to them. We want our community to know that we are here for them and that we love them. And how are they going to know that unless we invite them? So sharing on social media is great because there's a big platform for that, but personal invitations are best. And so hopefully all of you got one of these when you walked in this morning, and if you didn't, there are some, yeah, hold them up. <laughs> there are some at the event table out in the lobby. These are great. They are event cards. They are invitations. And because we want every kid in Mobile to know about camp and to be able to come to camp, we're giving an $80 off code, and it's on these cards. So when you share with somebody, let them know we really want you to come. We don't want there to be any hindrances. So if they're at $80, it, there's a code on here that they can help and use to, to get that to go off the, the total price. So why are we talking about it today in February? Parents of kids are already making plans for summer, and registration opens today at 1 p.m. So it's connectcamps.com, really easy. You can find our church name and click on that to help um, sign up. Um, so what are you going to do in the month of February? You're going to invite people. In the month of March, I'll come back and we'll talk about this again, about another way that you can help at camp, and that's through serving throughout the week. But in the month of February, I need your help because our kids team can't do this on our own. I need everybody sharing the word about Connect Camps with those outside these walls of the church, okay? All right, thank you so much. We do have a few other announcements, and I'm going to go over those. There is a senior adult luncheon, and that's coming up this Thursday, and it's here at Luke 418 Fellowship. It's going to be catered by Meat Boss, and the cost is $10. Please bring a dessert to share, and the deadline to sign up for that is today, again at the events table. Chosen Road is going to lead our morning worship on Sunday, March 17th, and then they're going to come back that night at 6 p.m. for a night of worship. You don't have to have a ticket to attend. We will take up a love offering. And Grief Share is back and we will meet on Thursdays at noon from March 7th to May 30th in the youth room. And that will be led by Miss Lydia Criswell. There's going to meet, be a meet and greet pre-registration event on noon uh, on February 29th in the youth room. And finally, again, Connect Camp registration opens at 1 p.m. today, July 1st through 5th. Uh, Friday will be a half day and it's for kids that have completed kindergarten through 8th grade. Thank you.
I love our kids' ministry. There's always something going on, and you're always going to know that they are learning God's Word and applying it to their lives. And uh, please sign up for camp. I, uh, I had the opportunity to share with a neighbor uh, this, this past week, uh, and we were talking to uh, the mom out in her front yard, and uh, two young girls run out, and they, they say, a camp? What, 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 what does this camp entail? And I said, you get to uh, have them go for eight hours learning about Jesus. So very excited about that. Let's pray together, and then we'll get started today. Lord, you are our God. You are our King, and you hold everything in the palm of your hands. Lord, you have given us victory over sin and over death today. We pray right now that we would give you every second of our lives that we would not worry, but that we would give those worries to you. That we would know that the battle belongs to you, and we wait on you today. We love you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand and welcome someone around you to Luke 14 Fellowship this morning. Let's sing together. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came. together when all I see is the battle. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see the mountain. And as I walk the shadow your love surrounds me amen there's nothing there's nothing to fear now for I am safe with you
song because it tells us what Jesus has done for us. That he died on the cross for our sins. And that could have been it and he could have been done, but he isn't. Amen? He's seated right now at the the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Do you believe that? In 1 John 2, 1 it explains it like this. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, guess what? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation or substitute for our sins. And not only for ours only, but for those of the whole world. Anybody that calls on the name of the Lord, do you believe it? By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. And one of those commandments is, is meeting together. Do not neglect the gathering of the brethren, right? And that's what we're doing today. So let's gather. And let's put our heart and our hope on Jesus Christ today and remember just how wonderful our Savior is. Let's sing this together. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed 
by heavy stone, Messiah still and all alone. Sing this with me, church. above every name and he is worthy of all of our praise and one day we will be at the throne with all the saints around and we'll say without a doubt without a shadow of a doubt in our mind that he is worthy of it all let's sing this new song if you've heard it you sing it with me okay all the saints and angels they bow we lay down our lives today the great things in life the bad things in life in every situation you deserve all the glory and honor and praise oh 
song together as a family of believers that you deserve the glory in this place and the honor Lord we humble ourselves we bow before you knowing that you will fight for us that you will be there for us that you are closer than uh, a brother Lord and that in the ups and downs of this life you are the one that is sustaining us walking through everything with us thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have given to us so that we can do your will and become more like you each and every day. We pray that we would not rely on our own strength that fails, Lord, but on your strength that is omnipotent, Lord. We know today that a day in your courts is more valuable than a thousand elsewhere. And so just today, soften our hearts up to, to, to receive this message, Lord. Be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace during this life. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. The Lord is faithful. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is our way maker and deliverer, our peace and lasting joy. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the precious Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Aren't you glad today that we get to call him our Lord? Master, Redeemer, Savior of the world, 
call him Lord today? Amen. What is a joy to be with you today as we open up God's word. If you have your scriptures, and I hope that you do, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I will share with you that this past week with my kids being out of school, we had the opportunity to uh, slip away to the mountains, my favorite place. Uh, people ask me all the time, why do I love the mountains? Well, I love the mountains. I love the beach. I love being outdoors. Why? 
Because we have God's revealed word here, but he also reveals his character. He reveals himself through creation, right? We see the fingerprints of God all throughout creation. And so just something about being in the mountains or being outdoors just allows you to see just the fingerprints of God. Now, I will tell you, we had one day while we were in the mountains that we went skiing up in Maggie Valley. Some of y'all know where that is. The problem is, is when we started skiing in the daytime, it was like 40 degrees. So everybody was wearing, you know, very like light stuff, right? Well, we kept skiing into the night and it got down to the 30s and maybe even in the 20s and they were blowing snow, but I still kept on the light stuff, which means now I've come home with uh, some sinus stuff. So I do apologize, but next time I will bundle up more when I get on the slopes. Um, So I apologize if I have to clear my throat this morning. Uh, My wife was telling me, David, make sure when you have the microphone on that you're not doing all of that. So y'all pray for me as, as we go through this today. But we have been walking through spiritual gifts, uh, excuse me, spiritual disciplines. And today we're going to look again at serving, but this time we're going to look at spiritual gifts that God has given each of us to use in serving for the kingdom of God. Now we've talked about spiritual disciplines first in the intake of God's word, the importance of being in God's word, meditating, memorizing, uh, placing it in our heart and obeying God's word. We've seen the importance of disciplining ourselves for worship as uh, brother Aaron just sang that song, we're worthy or he's worthy of it all. Right? Worship is worth-ship. We are looking at his worth, and because of who he is, he's worthy for us to give praise and honor and glory and to give our life to him. We saw that we need to discipline ourselves in prayer and in fasting. We saw that we need to discipline ourselves in evangelism, and last week we looked at serving. And so today we're going to continue this and look at serving in this understanding of spiritual gifts. If you have your Bibles, as I shared, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to pick up in verse 4, and we're going to go through verse 20. It says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries in the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit you were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were, uh, if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members of each one of them in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we praise you, we give you all glory, and we thank you for your word. And Father, as I share often, put me on the front row and allow me to hear that which you're speaking. Father, may you renew my mind today that that which is spoken will be of you and you alone. Uh, Father, we thank you for your truth, for your word that you have given us. Holy Spirit, illuminate the pages today that we may hear and see and place into our lives that which you are speaking. Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So as we look at this, the first thing I want us to see is Paul is speaking here, and he says that there is one God, okay? In verses 4, 5, and 6, he says that it's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. We see the Trinity in the giving of the spiritual gifts to the body. Now, you may remember when we talked about evangelism and the the spiritual discipline of evangelism, I shared with you this doctrine of the Trinity called inseparable operations. And what I shared with you about inseparable operations is that when you see one person of the Trinity acting, you're seeing all of the Trinity acting there. And so here we see in the giving of the spiritual gifts, though oftentimes we think in our mind it's the Holy Spirit that is giving that, it's an inseparable operation, which means all are a part of the giving of the spiritual gifts. Verse 4, 5, and 6, the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. Now, when we think about this, Paul is basically reflecting back to this saying, this this phrase, this uh, profession that the nation of Israel made called the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. There is only one God, and he is one in three persons. So we recognize here that there is one God who is giving these spiritual gifts to each of us. It goes even more in detail in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, y'all may remember when we spoke of this, uh, when I taught on this about three years ago, it says this in Ephesians 4, 4, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were all called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, of all who is over all and through all and in all. And then it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. We see here in Ephesians 4, reflecting back as we see Paul says to the Corinthian saints, that the triune God, one God, one Spirit, one Lord, is the one who is giving these gifts through grace for you. Now when you get down further in chapter 4 of Ephesians, you also see that these are these spiritual gifts that are given to the church. So how does this one God give spiritual gifts? I think it's very clear in Ephesians 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given. It says that God, the triune God, has given us grace. What does that mean? Grace is receiving something that you don't deserve. And the fact that God gives us grace is what allows us to receive the spiritual gifts that he gives to us. Because we don't deserve the spiritual gifts that have been given to you and me to be used for the kingdom of God. He says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Interesting. Christ is the giver, the Holy Spirit, as we see in 1 Corinthians 12. The triune God is the giver of this gift. Let me ask you a question. When you receive a gift from somebody, does it reflect you or does it reflect the giver? Think about it. If I were given something, let's just say I was given this suit today that I'm wearing. Does it reflect, if I were to tell people, look at the suit that I got, that I purchased, which would be a lie, right? But the fact of me saying, hey, listen, this is what somebody gave me, it's reflecting their generosity, it's reflecting them. Church, the fact that Jesus is saying, God is saying that Christ is the giver means that our spiritual gifts that we have are to reflect the giver, which means that there's no self-boasting in the gifts that God has given us. There's no place for boasting. Why? Because we are to reflect back on the one who has given to us these gifts. So we see that there's one Father who gives us grace. We see there's one God who gives us grace. We see there's one God who gives us gifts according to Christ. But then, as many people get tied up in verse 8 and 9 of Ephesians 4, where it says he ascended on high when he also ascended, he descended, right? 
And people get into this idea of, well, what does this mean, the dissension, the ascension of Christ? What it ultimately means is that he is the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. I I think of that song, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foe. He arose a victor from dark domain. He lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ Jesus arose. See, this one God, the triune God, gives us grace, gives us gifts, spiritual gifts from a victorious place because Christ has died, he's rose again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. This is extremely important for us to recognize that the spiritual gifts that we have come from the one triune God. They are to reflect the giver. They are to show the victorious Savior. They are to show that we have received grace that we do not deserve. Going back to 1 Corinthians 12, we see here in this first couple verses... This one God, same Spirit, same Lord, same God. But then in verse 7 through 10, we see that there's a multiple uh, amount of gifts. There's multiple gifts. We see in 7 through 10 all these different gifts that are spoken. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another healing, to another miracles, to another prophecy, to another Uh, distinguishing of spirits to another various kinds of tongues and to another interpretation of tongues. We see many different gifts. You know, we also see this in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. We see that in Ephesians 4, verse 11. And then we also see it in 1 Peter chapter 4, 9 through 11. I gave you a lot of different passages there, but if you go back to these passages, you'll see all these different spiritual gifts that are bestowed by the one true God to you and me. Now, I just want to make it simple for you today, so I actually printed off a Lifeway Christian resource here, and I want to share with you some of the gifts that are mentioned in these verses. Now, in this Lifeway Christian resource, it says here, that all of these come from the passages that I just gave you. From the passage of Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. There's the spiritual gift of leadership. There's the spiritual gift of administration. There's the spiritual gift of teaching. There's the spiritual gift of knowledge. The spiritual gift of wisdom. Prophecy. Discernment. Exhortation or the gift of encouragement, shepherding, faith, evangelism, apostleship or missions, missionaries, service and help, mercy, giving, and hospitality. Now, I share all that, and you can go online, and you can print that off. I thought about printing it for you today, but I didn't know how many of you would want it, so I didn't know if you would, if I just have a whole bunch of things printed out there. But I'd love for you to go and, and, and look at those to say, God, which one have you gifted me with to serve your kingdom? Now, what's interesting is that there's different gifts, but we must recognize because God is the giver of these gifts— That yes, there are different sizes to these gifts, but they are all valuable to the church. And they're all valuable because the one who has given them to us is the victorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes, there may be different sizes. It may look different, but it does not change the value within the person based on the spiritual gift that you receive. Let me just give you this example. If you have multiple kids at your house, when it comes to Christmas time, you buy different gifts for those people, right? And they look different, don't they? The gift that Sam gets looks different than the gift that Emmy gets. Emmy, being a young lady, one Christmas we got her, or she got a dollhouse. It was about this big and this wide and took me about two days to put together. Some of y'all know the feeling. That same Christmas, Sam got a console, like a like video-type game console that was about this big. 
in reality, which one was probably more expensive? This one, right? The small one. But if they're just looking at it as sizes, they're saying, man, like, look at what Emmy got compared to what I got. Or if they start to look at it based on, you know, hey, what was the price of this versus the price of that? Well, look at what I got compared to... But the reality of it is, is that as parents, we want it to give our kids the same because we love them, we care for them, but those gifts look different. Our love isn't different for them. We love them the same. But we give them gifts according to who they are, Because we want them to enjoy those gifts. Sam probably wouldn't enjoy a dollhouse that's this big. But he would enjoy the gaming console. See, church, we must recognize that though we look at these list of gifts, and some people would say, well, you know, shepherding is is like one of those like that you're way up here. and, And, you know, serving behind the scenes is way down here. No, we're all valuable in God's eyes. And he has gifted all of us for a purpose. And none of us can say, look at me and the gift that I got because you don't deserve the gift that you have. Let me start back and say, one God, by grace, given us, Jesus gives us gifts through a, from a victorious place. It's that grace of God that has given us the gifts for us to serve. And for those who want to say, man, look at the gift I have compared to somebody else, maybe we need to look back at verse 11 and 18 of 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. What about verse 18? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires or desired. We are not to say, man, I really wish that God would have given me this gift. Oh, I really wish he would have given me that gift. But what we need to say is, Lord, I trust you that you have a perfect plan. And that that which you have given me is for your glory and for your kingdom. And that which you have given me is what you see is best for me to do for the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to recognize that it's by your grace from a place of victory that you have bestowed this upon me that I don't deserve it. And so therefore, I'm not going to look down on anyone else for what gift you've blessed them with or given them, but I'm going to say we all run together for the kingdom of God. And this is why Paul is so quick to show, yes, there's multiple gifts that we see from 7 to 10 in 1 Corinthians 12, but then he's so quick to say that there's only one body. There's only one body. Verses 12 through 20 speaks of this, and I'm not going to read that whole passage again, but it says in here that there's multiple members, but yet one body. We can't look to one member and say, well, we don't need you, because the reality is is that we need all of the members to make up the body. This means that we have different roles, but we're all on the same team together. Let me just say it again. We have different roles, but we're all on the same team together. And when I say that, many of you probably have heard me say this, but I mean that at a corporate level. So when I think of our local churches here in town, we're all on the same team together. I used to help out at Theodore football. I was the chaplain for the team and a lot of the kids couldn't drive, and I would really encourage them, hey, listen, uh, you know, you don't have transportation to get here. Uh, here's a church, here's a church, here's one, and these are Bible-believing churches. My prayer is that you would get involved in one of these local churches that you could literally walk to. And somebody would say, well, why aren't you inviting them to Luke 4.18? Because I know they can't get there, but they can get here, and we're all part of the same team together for the kingdom of God. Church, we can't look at this as this is a team and that's a team and this is a team. We are to say we are all one team for the kingdom of God. Let me give you another example using football. You know, football is that ball that they kick around into a net, right? Soccer, okay? Called football. So I shared this on Wednesday night and I was like, man, this is actually a really good example that I need to hold on to. I didn't realize I was going to share it just a week later. But I coach. I'm an assistant coach. I don't like to call myself a coach because 
I don't want to be the head coach, but I am the assistant coach for my son's soccer team. And my son is nine years old. And you know what happens when you get a lot of nine-year-olds out there? All of them want to score the goal. All of them. And why is it? Because when you score the goal, everybody's like, man, great job. Like, that's awesome. That's all they can see is that whoever scores the goal is the one that gets all the praise and the accolades. But there's another stat in soccer that's very important. It's called the assist. Anybody know what an assist is? That's the person who passes the ball to the other person who kicks and makes the goal. An assist is just important as the goal. I set down the team just a couple weeks ago, and, you know, here I am being a pastor. I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with them. And I started bringing all these words, and all of them were like, David, I don't know what you're talking about. But I said to them, guys, we're playing selfish soccer. What we need to do is begin to see the other person coming down here that's open and pass it to them. But instead of saying, oh, I just want the goal and I'm going to try my best against five different people who are over here when my player over here is by himself and he can make it. And, you know, at the end of that practice, I about fell out because they actually listened. One of our best players was coming down the field and two players came after him and left one wide open. So he just had that nice little pass over and then he kicked it in and scored and and the whole team was excited. And and I got to really help them understand the importance that they're all on the same team. And it's not just about one individual person. Church, is that not the blessing of the body of Christ? That we're all on the same team together? That we, yes, there's multiple gifts, but we're one body. And since many of you were going to this mind of football, the pigskin, right? How many of you, well, I won't even ask to raise your hands, but several of you watched the Super Bowl last weekend. And in that, you can probably name the quarterbacks, but how many of you can name the offensive linemen? But why can't you? Because everybody focuses in on the one who throws the ball or catches the ball, but they don't focus in on the lineman. But can I tell you, the quarterback can't do his job if it's not for the lineman. That's the reason why quarterbacks often take their linemen out to eat before a game, and they pay for it. Because they recognize they can't do their job unless the ones who are not getting the credit does their job. Church, we've got to say that it's not about who is known, but it's about Christ being known. It's not about me, but it's about the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ runs together and uses the spiritual gifts that have been given and are not jealous of one another, who do people see? They don't see the quarterback. They don't see the wide receiver. They don't see the running back. They don't see the lineman, but they see Jesus. Because the church is doing that which God has called us to do. And what is that that he's called us to do? He's given us all the same purpose. So we see that there's one God. There's multiple gifts that he has blessed us with that does not change our value, though they may look different. We recognize that there is one body, and we all operate for the same purpose. We see this purpose in multiple ways. Uh, First, we see this purpose in the working of service for the building up of the body of Christ. One of the purposes, the work of service for the building up of the body of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4 speaks of this clearly. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Uh, Just think about this in verse 10. As each one has been given a special gift, use it in serving one another. We also see in Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 12 or verse 13. Go to verse 12 for me in Ephesians 4 in the back. Ephesians 4 verse 12 says this. Here, I'll flip to it right here. It says, And let me go back to 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service 
to the building up of the body of Christ. So we recognize that God has given us gifts in that that we are called to serve one another for the building up of the body of Christ. We're to share that which the Lord has blessed us with to help build up the body of Christ. Which means that God is building up the body, not making superstars. God is the superstar. But not only are we to do this for the work of service, for building up of the body, but also until we have obtained the unity. Verse 13 says, until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Church, do we realize that when we serve and we use the spiritual gifts that God has called us to or blessed us with, that we are doing that in encouraging and building up the body of Christ together? For those in this room who have the spiritual gift of uh, exhortation or encouragement, you know, we have a team leaving in just a few days that you can write letters of encouragement to to encourage them as they are in uh, this other country that I'll mention later, that they are serving the kingdom of God, that we can encourage them. We're building up the body of Christ. Shepherds, they pastor, they, they teach, they share. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ, sharing about the one to another's. Evangelists, what do they do? They're sharing the, the gospel with those around. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ. Those who are prophets are those who are speaking truth out there about the gospel, right? Evangelism in some sense, but they're proclaiming to others the excellencies of he who has taken them out of darkness into his marvelous light. What are they doing? They're building up the body of Christ. How? By sharing, by proclaiming, by using the spiritual gifts that God has given them. But can I tell you that there's another main purpose? Y'all remember the whole reason for spiritual discipline. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Church, we're called to use the spiritual gifts that God has given us to reflect God. To reflect God. Think about this for a moment. Remember what godliness, purpose of godliness is to be Christ-like, to reflect Christ's image? Church, One of the purposes, and I believe the main purpose of using the spiritual gifts that God has given us is to serve the body of Christ, which reflects Christ. We talked about this last week. Think about all the different examples that we used last week, just from the scripture. How Jesus came to serve and not to be served. Or when Jesus came to the, the time of the, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, he, he took the towel and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. And in doing so, he said to them, go and do likewise, for you're not greater than, than, than your master. And he calls them to go and serve. And so when we serve using the gifts that God has given us, we're reflecting the image and the character of God. Church, for some of us today, you may be saying, David, I don't even know what my spiritual gifts are. Have you sought the Lord and asked the Lord to show you? For some of us today, you say, well, I've been jealous of this person's gift or that person's gift. Have you said, God, you have a perfect plan for me? And so show me my gift that I can use that and and help me to see you as the main point and not myself. Help me to see that you're the superstar, not me. Help me to show the world you and not myself. For some of us, we need to use that gift. We need to flex those spiritual muscles and begin to use the gifts that God has given us. You know, as we look at this passage, and and I really want it to to take this week to, to kind of go back to this idea of serving and to use the spiritual gifts that he's called us to. But I want us to close with a parable in Matthew 25. And in Matthew 25, we see the parable of the talents. And in this parable, Jesus says that that there was a man about to go on a journey. And he called his slaves and entrusted his 
possessions to them, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability, and he went on his journey. Church, do we not see that there's multiple talents here? One receives five, one receives two, and one receives one. But he called all of them to do the same, to do, to serve, to use that talent. Immediately, one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more. In the same manner, the one who had received two gained two. But the one who received one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who received five talents came up and brought five more talents. Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained you five more. In verse 21, his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things, but I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See that I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave, for you were faithful with a few things. I put you in, I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Let me stop there. I know that many of you know the rest of the story, and we'll get there in just a moment. But do you recognize it that the master said the same thing to the one with five and to the one with two? Oftentimes we look at this and say, well, look, this guy brought in five extra talents. And this one over here only brought in two. And we use this, this American dream mindset of those who have the most is the one who did better. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, you've walked in obedience with that that I have given and blessed you with. You have used the gift that I have given you for the purpose of the kingdom of God. Will there be people who come before the throne of God and say, look at the thousands who came to know Christ under my ministry? Sure. But will there also be those that Jesus says, look, these 10,000 people were praying for you. And it's the prayer of the saints that God opened the hearts for all these people to hear the gospel. The church, when we look at this, I think it's so important here that Jesus says the exact same thing. The master said the exact same thing to the one who brought five more and the one who brought two more. Then he says this in verse 24. The one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But the master answered him and said, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have at least put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received interest. Therefore, take away the talent. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For to everyone who has more shall be given, and he who has abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Church, everything that we have is a blessing, a gift from God. Everything that you have is a gift from God. I began by talking about there's one God and it's in his grace that Christ gives from a victorious place that he bestows all upon us. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us things to be used for his kingdom, for the purpose of building up of the saints, for the purpose of of bringing about unity in the body of Christ. He gives so that we may reflect his image and his character. Church, I'm asking today, what are you doing with the gifts that God has bestowed upon you? Are you saying to God, hey, You only gave me one and you gave them five. Hey, you only gave me one, you gave them two. Are you saying to God, hey, listen, I was fearful, so I just kind of, I just hid that and just kind of went on my way and came back and here's what you gave me, I'm giving it back. Or are you saying, God, everything that you've given me, I'm going to give to you for your kingdom and for your glory. 
the gift of hospitality, the gift of serving, the gift of uh, evangelism, the gift of pastoring, the gift of teaching, the gift of, of knowledge, the gift of uh, discerning spirits, and all these different things. Are you going to use that for the kingdom of God? Or are you going to say, you know what? I never really thought I had a gift. Never really thought I had anything to give. I never really thought that I had uh, a part. Yeah, I'm part of the body of Christ, but I never felt like I had anything to contribute. Can I tell you, if you think you have nothing to contribute, you have not understood what the Word of God says. It didn't say that He only gives to a select few. He gives spiritual gifts to all to be used for His kingdom and for His glory. Church, as we use those together and we serve one another and we do it for the kingdom of God, people will see the truth of who God is here at Luke 4.18 and through our lives. Will we say to God, you've given me this and so I'm giving you back. I'm using it for your kingdom and for your glory.